on this episode of Why Watch That. It's his XO, the second in command, who is in Belgravia. Mr. Schmidt, you better pay him. Him, he's in this show as well. Oh my gosh, you've just been sitting on that for how long? And so is Black. Just, just Black history black is coming, coming up. <laughs> um, this is that something that... It's Black history. It's Black history. Let him in. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that this particular character would be around during this particular time, doing yes. these particular things, looking... He was the- adjusted. Yes. 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 <laughs> I gotta say in this show, what's hilarious mm. to me is that they blame it on, you know, oh, you know, if you experience this in your life, then you've just gotta be a mass murderer. No. <laughs> uh, there's something more going on. We know that Dexter's brother also had this problem. Maybe it's in the genes anyway. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. Uh-oh. <laughs> Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, everyone, look. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, listen, this is a power episode oh it is you know why because quite frankly there's a lot of nostalgia going on in this episode um some of these listen we're gonna talk tv and some of these shows have been with us for a very long time (laughs) long time and you know we're saying goodbye to some shows like forever Oh. I know, I know. We're saying goodbye to a nostalgic, you know, you know, uh, return to nostalgia. I'm gonna say forever like that. I'm just gonna go forever, mm-hmm. uh, just because you know we know the nature of that that game, and we're also you know in, being introduced to a new phase of a franchise, a new a new uh, a new. Well, they're calling it books, so they're chapters, whatever. A new situation um, on a beloved franchise. We, there's a lot happening and, and, you know, people cleaning stuff and stuff. So let's talk about first things first. There's this new show. This is a TV premiere of a new series that's on Fox. And you think to yourself, Fox? Like, what do you yeah. mean? Like Hulu FX? What, what? No, we still do broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> we still look at broadcast stuff. So on Fox, there is um, a new show called The Cleaning Lady. Oh. And, you know, I don't know how else to, that, that title alone is super... Um, it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. I know there is a play on words, but if you watch the uh, the the wonderful little teaser that they're they have out there, the trailer, you know what she's cleaning. You know what they're cleaning. Uh-oh. And um, or do you? You know, after she's done, because she's the best. Um, and you know, this is on Fox. It's based on a show in a you know in another country. And they've taken it and brought it to the States and put our own little twist on it. So 
Do tell us, critic, what the cleaning lady is all about on Fox. Yes. And you can watch it on Hulu, you know, the next day if you want. Oh. Yes. But this is, you can watch it live. You you can watch it live. Find, you know, your little dial. (laughs) is is that what you do now you don't have a remote control you just get up off your couch and and turn the (laughs) yeah and see if you have that old school tv that little bubble (laughs) so in the cleaning lady we have the cleaning lady the cleaning lady we have tony de la rosa and you know she has a particular problem her young son has a very rare disease She needs him to get medical attention in the States. She's Cambodian. She lives in the Philippines. Her husband is still in the Philippines. She and her son are in the States illegally. Okay. Well, there's... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a visa. The visa has expired. Okay. Not not like MasterCard visa. So... (laughs) Now, she is staying with her sister-in-law. In her sister-in-law's home with her sister-in-law's kids as well. The sister-in-law is not legal either. Oh my gosh. They are cleaning ladies. But are they the cleaning ladies you want to mess with? Now, someone tries to sidle up to Tony and, you know, they find out about it. And we find out something very interesting about Tony in this opening exchange. Because... When something happens and this person goes into a physical state that ain't so good, we find out that she has medical skills. In the Philippines, she's a doctor. Mm. So, of course, she can't be a doctor here. She's not legal. Now, as a result of all of this, we can see that she has got to get really going, moving, get the son in this program and get him out of the States before somebody comes and gets her. But in the midst of all of her cleaning, all of her jobs, she has this one job where she cleans for like underground fights. And something occurs after one of these fights and she witnesses it. And this links her to a crime boss. Uh Uh-oh. Now, that's played by Aiden Canto. And by the way, Tony is played by L.D. Young. So Armand is his name, Armand Morales. And he sees her before this all goes down. And there's something about her that interests him. What is it? Does she remind him of someone? So she witnesses this thing go down. She's in trouble. What does she do to get herself out of it? What's the title? And she does such a good job that maybe she's going to be in the employ of this gangster moving forward. Now, the question is, are there any perks to this? And is she in danger? Can she tell anybody about this as well? And when you start getting into criminal elements, you're already in the country illegally. Who else might be on the prowl? Now, With all of that said, here's the thing. When I was watching this, I kind of thought it was kind of fun. Like the premise, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's ridiculous. We know this. But okay, I was going along with it. One episode is aired. I was fine. I even pulled my brother into it, ref. I was like, watch this and see what you have to say. (laughs) He was like, okay, you know. So the question is from a first episode, is it enough to go to the next episode? I think it was entertaining enough for that, especially for network TV. So just keep in mind what you're watching. It's not like if you're doing Queen of the South, which is on cable. It's not quite Mm -hmm. that severe it has a little more gloss because of the network but for now i will watch the second episode to see what's going on so if you're interested in the premise check it out okay well let's go to peacock (laughs) uh vigil on peacock which is about six episodes um and again now we've gone to the streaming platform uh and not uh nbc So this is something that I have seen dancing around. Uh, What is going on here? 
Mm. So we're across the pond. We're in Scotland. Scotland. There we go. And we're on a nuclear submarine. Oh. Now, it's not a ship. It's a boat. Submarines. That's what you call them. And in the opening scene, there's a trawler, a fishing trawler in the waters above. They start getting pulled down. By what? Now, this has something to do with the submarine. Because if you are a British naval nuclear submarine, no one should know that you're in the water. Well, yeah. Now, there is someone on this boat, an officer, or, you know, a soldier, mm-hmm. who's in charge of listening for things out in the water, alerting the, you know, the the captain and so on of anything that's fishy. And he hears what's going on with this trawler and he alerts them, but they're supposed to be surveilled. So can they do anything to help? Now this spirals into something shocking, a death on the boat. Who's died? Who caused the death or what? I wonder, how do you take care of a death on a on a boat like exactly cremate or I, i'm just so curious as to how that's handled well they tell you what they normally do oh okay but there's some sort of drugging going on here there's other stuff happening they have to because of where it happened the waters they were in the territory they actually have to pull in the cops like pull yes. down the cops <laughs> <laughs> and yes in particular dci amy silva played by Saran Jones. So she's the one who has to go in and she looks at her boss and is like, uh, what? He's like, I'm sorry, you're the one. Why? (laughs) Why is she so concerned about going to this boat? She has to be there for three days. Mm. Now, remember, you're in a submarine for three days straight. There is a reason why she doesn't want to go. Okay. Claustrophobic? Well, you'll find out. Okay. Is there a reason why she's claustrophobic? We see from her past, there's certain unresolved issues. Okay. She's on medication. Hmm. Now, while she's on the boat, she needs someone to coordinate with on land. And the way they communicate is very archaic. You can't just get on your cell phone, you know? Okay. So this person is a Game of Thrones vet. Okay. Oh, of course, of course. Who was attached to Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Her, Rose Leslie. You Lesley. know nothing. She is the detective on land. That Amy says, hey, I want her to be my primary contact. Her boss kind of gives her a look and is like, okay. Exactly why? What is that about? They have a history. They're no longer partners. They're no longer walking together. They were, and there were other things going on. So she gets on this boat. How is she received? Okay. Of course, of course. Of course, she's treated as an interloper. Now, she's got to get down to the bottom of what's happening. Who could it be? There are all kinds of people who could have caused this death. Mm. I mean, who is it going to be? Now, her primary person who helps her through the boat is the coxswain. Played by Sean Evans. What's he up to? Okay. There's also the doctor on the boat. What's her dick deal? What's going on with her? Yeah. Hmm. There's also, of course, the captain. Who, if you watch The Leftovers, is Holy Wayne from The Leftovers. (laughs) And then it's his XO, the second in command, who is in Belgravia. Mr. Schmidt, you better pay him. Him, he's in this show as well. Oh my gosh, you've just been sitting on that for how long? <laughs> you've been ready to spill that bean, that tea. So what's going on? You won't know. All of these people have certain secrets that need to be unearthed, or maybe some of them don't. They just seem to. I will secrets. tell you. Secrets and lies. There we go. Ooh, wait a minute. Don't, don't mention that movie. Now. <laughs> That's enough for me to set this up. Now, what I would say is this, watching it, 
from the beginning, there was a pace to it that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed being on this boat and using all of its, you know, passageways and everything else to set up this mystery and all of the obstacles, the people in the background stories, all of that was great. What I would say also, my concern was, okay, if we're not on the boat, if we're on land, will that hold up? It did. It held up pretty well. Okay. So that was good because there is a reason why this whole death occurred that goes into the nature of this submarine. It is a political thing that's happening. Now, with that said, it was quite watchable and urgent for a lot of it. It's a bit blunt, though. So if you want a little bit of nuance. It's a blunt? Blunt, right. They're just going for it, you know. Uh, What I would say, though, when it comes to Amy's background stuff, it was a bit too much. The more we got into that, the less I was just interested. I wanted more mystery there and more on the boat, more on the case. The essentials of that background story would have been enough. So what I would say is if you're interested in this kind of show, definitely check it out. I finished it. I watched the all six episodes. If they had a second season, I would I would start watching that as well. Right. Um, and we always have to ask this about Peacock because, you know, a lot of us have already um, kind of committed ourselves to a lot of subscriptions and Peacock mm-hmm. is obviously you have to pay for it. It's not free. So I'm assuming this is a nice compliment to some of the things, but maybe not a reason to to take out a subscription. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you like like British shows that way. I mean, a long time ago, we talked about Capture, which is still there. So if you haven't checked out Peacock, you're interested in this, you can. Um, Also, there are other things on Peacock. uh, Depending on what you have available, you might want to get it. Um, just for that other stuff, vintage shows, current shows on certain cable networks, all there, maybe certain movies. So, you know, you can always see what their offerings are and determine whether it's worth a month, a trial, or more than that. I don't know. Mm. It's starting to grow on me. I'll give them that much. It's starting. Well, good, good. Well, let's move on to ABC, another broadcast Mm. that we have, and this is called Women of the movement. Now, we all know that MLK Day is coming up and so is Black History. Um, And this Black History Month in February. And so so is Black. Just just Black Black History is coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is something that... It's Black History. It's Black History. Let them in. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, it's interesting enough, they've been doing a lot of advertising of this um, obviously, this is something we haven't seen yet. I've been waiting for, I want a movie. Mm-hmm. I want a movie of the story. I want a movie. And I want, I want one of two directors to direct it. Mm-hmm. I either want Steve McQueen to direct it, even though you know how I feel about non-Americans directing Black American history. Okay, I either want that to happen or I want to just go there with Spike Lee. Like, just yeah. like I want. And, and what I'm talking about is the story of Emmett Till. Yeah. And if you don't know anything about Emmett Till, a lot of people are likening him to some of the horrific incidents that we've now seen in modern time. Some people say George Floyd. Some people say, you know, Armand um, Aubrey. Some people say, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole host of of just disturbingly uh, graphic, horrible deaths of black young people at the hands of of white Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, guilty uh, is nowhere to be found. There's no guilt at all to be found. It's just senseless murder mm-hmm. in a gruesome way. And Emmett Till was what everyone records uh, in in history. I mean, it's arguable now, but started the civil rights movement um, because a mother who lost her child in a very graphic, disgusting way decided to show the world. Exactly. And so now we have ABC doing this. And sometimes, you know, that's great and wonderful so we can get access to it. 
but you tell me, is this, you know, a family, you know, because of the nature, is this a family thing? Is this something that some of our listeners can, you know, pull in some children to watch um, because it is about a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Please fill us in as to your reactions to this. And then also, you know, your feeling about the production itself. Yeah. Um, keep what you said in mind, Steve McQueen and Spike Lee. I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Now, you basically told us what the show is about. Okay. It is tracking what happened to Emmett. And the name guides you, women of the movement. So it's going to focus on his mother. So, of course, we have Mamie Till Mobley. That's who her name becomes. At the start of the show, it's Mamie Till. Um, She is dating a man whose last name is Mobley. Okay. And Emmett is there and he's protective of his mama. If they're going to get married, uh, you need to go through me. And Emmett has just turned 14. Yeah. So they live in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They live in Chicago. His mom is from Mississippi. So he wants to go there, visit, have fun with his cousins and so on. Mom is kind of like, I don't know. But of course she lets him do it. Um, And his great uncle, played by Glenn Durbin. Of course. (laughs) He goes to stay with him. Now, Mamie is played by Adrian Warren, newly minted Tony winner. Okay. For playing Tina. Yes. On the Great White Way. An amazing performance of Mm -hmm. Tina. But we know where she's from, though. Mm. I'm just, I don't get it! (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) She's from across the pond, but um, it's okay. But you know, it, Adrian. Um, you know, no, Adrian's American. Oh, okay. W- w- which teen are we talking? Because one of the teens is wooden. She had a British <laughs> accent. Yeah. No. Not not her. Not oh, okay. Her. Got it. Now, got it, got yeah. It. So Adrian. Yeah, Adrian is from here. No problem. Okay. There. Good. 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 Yes. 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 I saw Adrian um, in Shuffle Along. She oh, the one with Audra McDonald and mm-hmm, um, Brian. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she did. She was Tina in the West End and brought it to Broadway. So, but she's not from across the pond. Okay. All right. My bad. Good. Yeah. Good for her. There you go. So she's Mm. here playing Mamie. And we have Cedric Joe playing Emmett, uh, playing Mamie's mother. Emmett's grandmother is Tanya Pink is another stage veteran and Tony winner. Oh my goodness. And we know ABC is friendly to that. Friendly to the, uh, to Broadway. Mm-hmm. And Ray Fisher is the boyfriend. Hmm. Yeah. So the stage is set. If you know the story of Emmett, you essentially can know what happens. Uh, then they fill in maybe some of the gaps if you haven't read the two uh, sources that they use to source this show as well. Like what happens when Emmett goes missing? What, you know, all of that stuff. How does she find out? What happens? How does she go from Chicago to Mississippi? Who's, you know, helping her? Who's the one who says, hey, call in the NAACP or NAACP at the time? You know, all of that kind of stuff. So you can see how all of this plays out. Leading up, of course, to her decision to let the world, like you said, see what they did to her little boy. Yeah. it's it, In other words, if you don't know. Yes. The, it, it Open casket. There you go. And, you know, thousands of people showed up to see. And like you and said, it was this published. Published, yeah, in, that's right, yeah. in Jet Magazine. And uh, what happened, like you were saying, it was the catalyst for what we know as the civil rights movement. Of course, things were in motion before that, but this is yeah, what woke yes. people up. Yeah, yeah. So we are in Mamie's debt, in Emmett's debt, in the whole family's debt. So with that said, Here's what I have to say about this, because they plan for this to be an anthology. So if they do another season, it would be a different. Yes, you know, makes sense. That's why story. they titled it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, exactly. So if you're confused, why is it called that? That's why. This is what I have to say. If we go back to the two directors you mentioned, if we had Steve McQueen doing something like this, it would be all the essentials. Yes, and that's it. No comment. This, this and this. Bam. And it would be like cold water. Get cold, cold yes. water. Spike Lee would have gone the other direction, like you were saying. Yeah, opposite. Mm-hmm. We Lots would have it. the music and the camera work and everything working, people going for it, and it would be an experience. This is neither. 
And that's the issue. That's the issue. They needed a stronger aesthetic. And this is where we go. It's an important story. So we all have to bow down. I will not. I will tell you the truth. Well, Michael, Michael X, Malcolm X was important. And yes. so was 12 years. Of, you know, those are important yeah. stories. So and even if know. we go to TV, boycott. Boycott. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Selma. You know, there are different mm-hmm. ways of doing this that work. I'm not saying this doesn't work. I wouldn't go that far. Right, right. It's right. just if we are going to watch this. Yeah, which is horrible. Got to make it worth it. And this is what I thought watching. I got into the second episode. Two episodes have been released as of taping. What I noted to myself is this ref perfect to watch in high school when you're learning yes. about the civil rights movement. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I figured. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think of it that way, everybody. If you were in high school and you go, oh, then this would be welcome. You'd be like, okay, I'd rather watch this than actually hear the teacher drone on. Yeah. But outside of that kind of setting, I don't know. Now, if we're talking about families, if your kids are around Emmett's age, it's probably okay. But if we get a little too young, it might be a bit much in some parts. That's what I would say. And it also may not hold their attention. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there that is. And it's good to know that they're, you know, obviously going to be exploring more um, of this uh, and it's going to become an installment. Um, But yeah, I still, yeah, I would love to see a movie of this by either of those two directors and visionaries um, for those points that you brought up. Mm -hmm. But let's move on to another premiere that is branching off from one of my beloved and America's, the world, I'm not even gonna say America, that's so silly. One of the world's beloved, um, you know, small screen Star Wars expression, um, The Mandalorian, we are going to deal with the book of Boba Fett. Now, here's the thing. You think, oh, that's not, you know, that's not from The Mandalorian, that's from me. You know, you know, you're gonna, talk about how it's from you know the movies but if you watch the mandalorian there was some insight about this iteration because if you do math it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. right yeah, if you right. if you do the math it doesn't make sense that this particular character would be around during this particular time doing yes. these particular things looking the- adjusted yes yes <laughs> So what does, what does it mean to be, you know, and I think it's okay to, to spoil it because Mm -hmm. if we don't spoil it, then some, I mean, first of all, if you're a Star Wars head, you've already seen the Mandalorian, you already know the, the issue, this situation. But if you, you know, if you're just sort of in and out of things, yeah, it's, it's nice to know how this actually could happen. Now this is on Disney plus only. That's it. You can't get it any other way. Now, if you have children, you already have Disney Plus. If you're a Disney fan, you already have Disney Plus. But the question always is, as I brought up earlier, because we're dealing with so many subscriptions, you can only ride out that free subscription from your, you know, I got a new service or whatever. You only ride that out for so long and then you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And The Mandalorian, for me, was strong enough for me to decide to go ahead and move forward with Disney plus along with some of the, you know, they were also like, like HBO max releasing some features right there on the platform. Mm-hmm. Some of them not at a premium cost. Right. So is this going to convince us to either pick back up that subscription <laughs> that we left off? Cause we, some of us did, yeah. You know, we're like, man, Lauren's not there. And, you know, I don't, you know, Hawkeye, I don't care, whatever about that. You know, all of those things. Is it enough to pick it up again? Um, because quite frankly, honestly, and I'm going to leave you with this, sir. I am not a Star Wars geek. Mm-hmm. So my rem- my memory of Baba is very faint, Yes. And the experience that I had with him in The Mandalorian was like, okay, Mm -hmm. sure. Is it enough to watch a whole series, seven episodes of this iteration of The Mandalorian's, you know, franchise? Mm -hmm. 
Well, we'll come back to that, of course. So, of course, we have Tamira Morrison, who's playing Boba in the show, just like in The Mandalorian. And we do get the answers to how in the world is he still alive? The Sarlacc! No, oh my gosh. Just at him. And the show starts inside of the Sarlacc! So essentially, there are two timelines going on at the start of the Book of Boba Fett. We have what I'll call the present time, where Boba and, of course, returning is Finnak Shand, played by Ming-Na Wen, right-hand person to Boba. And they have taken over on Tatooine, the underground crime world. Who was in charge of that? Remember? Remember who that was? No. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. Oh, Jabba. Okay, see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of us need a little, uh, little, uh, some. Refresher, yeah. Yeah, we do need a fresher, for real. So he is now in that role. And, you know, you have to come and pay tribute. Well, there's a mayor in this town. And the mayor is not quite as amenable to what Boba wants. What's that about? Hmm. Now, also, shuttling backward to inside the Sarlacc, how does Boba get out and so on? And when Boba gets out, who does Boba encounter on this planet? There are a certain group of people who've been in the Star Wars lore that really start to have their day. We get to see what they're about. And the question is, is Boba going to be their prisoner or will he become more than that? Will he learn the ways of the desert as a result of his encounter with them? So that's what's happening. We see what is happening to Boba after what happened in the movies and where Boba would be leading up to like Mandalorian space, that kind of thing. Now, that's all I'm going to give you. What I would say about the Book of Boba Fett is this. If we're thinking of, okay, should I get Disney Plus for this and so on? It's a holdover for The Mandalorian. That's how I receive it. Okay. But it's like this. If you want to do a deeper dive into Star Wars lore, that's this show. There are all kinds of hitting meetings. You're watching, Mm. going, ooh, what does that image mean? What is he seeing there? Where are we going with that? What I do enjoy as well about the show, the fight sequences have weight. When they get to fighting, you're like, whoa, is this on Disney Plus? Now, you know, there's no like blood and stuff like that, but there's some right. weight. Those mm-hmm. people didn't survive that. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. wait a minute. So I would say because of all of that, it's not as family friendly as The Mandalorian so far. I've seen, uh, what, the first two episodes? So, so far, it's it's not. And that's fine by me. You don't have the child. It's nothing like that. But I'm very interested in where they're going. So keep that in mind, everybody. If you want a deeper dive, you want a little holdover for the Mandalorian, that's what Boba is about. Is this coming to us from the our beloved Far? It, huh? it is. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, so he yeah. is managing that. That's exactly right. John Favreau is still dealing with this. Okay. And you know what? Here's the thing. You said something very interesting to those of us who love Star Wars mm-hmm. and those of us who, okay, I was watching My Little Pony um, or Jim, you know, or whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever you were doing. Um, you know, it's interesting because the Mandalorian took us in a, you didn't think it was possible. You watch Rogue One. You watch the, you know, Star Wars clone little cartoons mm-hmm. and stuff. The Mandalorian was able to take us literally in the world of Star Wars without just hovering over every little, you know, here's a little hint here. Here's a, You know, mm-hmm. it, it was good enough for someone who's like, I've never seen Star Wars. Don't care about it. Ate it. And you yeah. will love the Mandalorian. Doesn't sound like this is this is exactly that. No. You could probably get away with watching it. However, that wonder of something new, something completely new 
that Star Wars in all the previous iterations hadn't explored yet doesn't sound like this is this is the treat we're going to get out of this. Yeah, it's exactly right. You you'd want to you'd have to be like an intermediate Star Wars person at least. That's, That's what good I would to call know. myself. I I don't know everything they're talking about, but I'm looking at it going, "Hmm, what is that?" That's so you'd have to have that kind of spirit. Okay. Well, there that is. Let's say goodbye to um some shows that will not be returning until next season. Uh curb your enthusiasm on HBO. Now we are in season 11. <laughs> we can't get enough of Larry David. Um, because he's, there's always something to complain about. Like, yes. Really? It's about a show about complaining. Yes. It is. Yes. That's it. Curb your enthusiasm. You are yeah. too. You need to calm down. It ain't that. It's something else. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, we've seen through the years, Larry David, um, we always talk about this and I talked about this at the top of the um, season this year. You really, you know, in our culture now, we talked about the cancel culture and how really many people who, you know, sex and just people who are, have had stuff coming against them. Or they've said things like, you know, one of the signs, but you know, said something at a yeah. comedy show that he shouldn't. Like all this. Larry David is a rare unicorn <laughs> who is on and off screen the same. Yes. And so we laugh at him so much on screen. It doesn't matter to, you know, a lot of people what he says off screen. So if it doesn't matter off screen, then he can have more power to mm. say whatever it is and to make fun of whoever. Nobody's off limits. No culture. No creed. Mm-hmm. No religion. Yes. No um, no race. Nothing is off limits. Women, whatever you want to express yourself as, it's it is all on the table for Larry David. And we are already at season eleven, and you know they're coming back again. So you know what made this season so special? What are we complaining about now? We need. We there's never been a moment in the history of this planet that we've needed this show more <laughs> because of everything you just said. Interesting. Because of everything we he says the things we all want to say and you can't. Okay, and I loved how you wove. You know that that the weaving you just did there, just like a little a little beautiful spider. You just gave us a nice little web of Larry <laughs> David. So, with all of that, uh, with all of those hijinks between the two of us. Curb your enthusiasm. Now, season 12, this is a show that HBO is like, you have an open invitation, Larry, whenever you want to do it, you know? And, you know, when they talk about this, they're like, we don't know when we're having a new season until Larry has enough material for a new season. You know, he has to live a little more and get a little more annoyed to have enough episodes. (laughs) So, of course, we've dealt with the pandemic in this show, but that's not really the focus. And the thing is, Ref, going to what you were talking about, too, how he can get away with things, because he pulls people in from those groups into the show and they interact. So you have a JB Smooth. So if you want to talk about Black people at Watermelon, you put him. Oh, my gosh. It's, it, 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 yes. And to talk about it is one thing. To watch it is another. I, you know, you, you cringe, but, you know, it is... When you see, and then the thing is, it's never one focus. It's not just that. It's also tying into the plot in a certain way. It's just funny. It's funny. You also had, he pitched this show, you know, the Netflix and so on. And he has the show about him when he was younger, that's going to be on the air. But because of something that happened, a regulation in where he lives in Los Angeles, he's essentially blackmailed into casting a certain person. Okay, this person is a terrible actor. She's horrible. So he has to get into a relationship with a councilwoman played by Tracy Ullman (laughs) to try to get out of this. Okay, (laughs) like, and he and Tracy Ullman, I mean, that's enough to watch. Just when you get her, it's it's just ridiculous. This woman, it's ridiculous. She has a CPAP machine she's sleeping with. I mean, this is ridiculous. Even Bill Hader pops up. <laughs> of he numerous characters in the same episode. I won't tell you why. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's just, it's just fun to watch. So is this my favorite season of them all? No, but I don't care. 
there. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm. If you like it, you're going to watch it. If you haven't started watching it, everybody, you know, if you've seen Seinfeld and all of that stuff, you definitely should check it out. But I'm telling you now, if you want somebody who's just going to say whatever's on their mind in this day and age, this is your show. Well, Larry David, we, we you know, I, however you feel about him, you feel about him. That's that's what that is. Let's move on to nostalgia because um, we went from something that's been on the air for 11 seasons mm-hmm. and we talked about the new stuff. And now we talked earlier, um, well, late last year about Dexter mm-hmm. coming back to Showtime, Dexter New Blood. And this is a, you know, little eight season or sorry, um, 10 episode deal. And after eight seasons, just review, many people were upset at how it ended. Mm -hmm. They were not happy at all, especially those who were, you know, diehard Dexter fans. You were included in that. Um, You're not diehard Dexter, but you you were just like, why did I just, you know, waste my time with this if we're going to do this? So now they've come back to right their wrongs. And maybe Dexter tried to do that saying, but he's always pulled back in. He's like Michael Corleone. He's just, he, every time he gets away, he gets pulled back in. Yeah. And, um, you know, here's the deal. Is this limited series limited? Mm. And, you know, Ref, bringing this back, developed by Clyde Phillips. And Clyde, you know, I read an interview with him and he's talking about how they know what happened after season eight. People were upset. It's one of the worst rated, you know, series ending episodes ever. I just think people are so dramatic. Look at me saying that. But I think that's kind of hilarious. I'm like, okay, you know, all right, whatever. So they want to reclaim that. They call that the original ending or, or the first ending or something like that. Now they have a new one at the end of this limited series. Now, they were hinting before this final episode that, hey, you know, we do have an ending. What does that mean? Now, with Dexter, we're up in upstate New York. He is now Jim Lindsay. That's his name. You know, the people think that Dexter Morgan is dead in Miami. We know all of that. And Jim, you know, he works at a little, you know, shop where they sell guns and stuff like that. And he, his girlfriend is the, you know, the police chief. And, you know, oh. she has a daughter. Yeah, all of that. You know, he's living in a cabin in the woods and everything's gravy. Until. Until. Some people enter his orbit who need to be offed. He has his code. Okay. If you break the code, you might have to go. Oh. Now, someone he decides to get rid of is attached to someone played by Clancy Brown. Kurt Caldwell, a bigwig in the town. Lots of money. Mm. So can Dexter, you know, just keep this hidden from Kurt and move on? Well, you know he can't. And what is Kurt up to? Kurt! Hmm. Now, while all of this is starting to boil, someone enters or re-enters Dexter's life. His son, Harrison, who was a a toddler at the end of the eight seasons. Like, what? This kid is now all grown up, a teenager? (laughs) How did he find Dexter Jim? Oh. Dexter didn't want to be found by his son. He wanted to leave his son out of his dark passenger and the blood and everything else. But we know what his son experienced as a babe. Same thing that Dexter experienced when he was an infant. So are those experiences too much to keep Harrison away from a dark passenger? I got to say in this show, what's hilarious Mm. to me is that they blame it on, you know, oh, you know, if you experience this in your life, then you've just got to be a mass murderer. No. (laughs) Uh, There's something more going on. We know that Dexter's brother also had this problem. Maybe it's in the genes anyway. So Harrison is there, and we know that Dexter's sister, Deb, she comes back. How? She's supposed to be dead. You'll see if you watch the show. And in the end, the question is, where is everybody? 
What's the actual ending, especially for Dexter? Did they reclaim themselves from everybody's upset at the end of season eight? Now, here's my thing about Dexter, whether it's this version or the original eight seasons. I like the title, Dexter. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm interested in, Dexter. The code, who he's going to kill, all of that kind of stuff. How he's going to get away with it. I don't care about him having some sort of uh, epiphany about who he is. I don't care about him finally, you know, you know, paying for his wrongs. I don't care. He's killing killers. And if he happens to kill someone else in the progress of that, oh, well. Like, oh, this is not real gosh. life. Oh, Excuse no. me, it's not real life. Also, I live in the real world. They act like in the real world somebody would get away with this. Like, stop it. So all of that stuff to get, you know, Dexter having some sort of come to Jesus moment. I don't care. And I don't care about Deb. I never have. Okay. The character, not the actor. I don't care about Harrison, the son. He go back where he came from. Okay. I don't care about the police chief girlfriend. Don't care. And you can imagine where that goes. I don't mm. care about her colleague who's also the coach, played by Alato Miller. Love you, Alato. Don't care about your character. I only care about Dexter. Hmm. So when it's about his process, I was interested. And as always, when it wasn't, I was just like, Meh. now where it ends, what's going on with Harrison? Of course. I, yeah. I mean, you know, if they're going to bring the kid in. Yeah. And that will have implications for a potential second season if they get one. They may not at all. They may not at all. This is ended. They could just end it and move on. Will I be going with them? No. And oh, I won't tell well, you why. There that is. Well, I feel like you'll be going with this show. Oh. On Paramount Plus, who's like really beefing up content. Mm. You got to admit it. Um, Look, just call it Taylor Sheridan Plus. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. And, and we also have Star Trek. Yes, we have Star Trek and we have good, we have the Kings, you know, e and evil kings. and uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, come on. yeah. Well, um, Kings and then the name of the, the show. There we go. There you go. Uh, they, they are the, 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 maybe Sheridan is the mayor of Kingstown. I don't oh, know. Oh. Um, the, Taylor Sheridan is who we're talking about. This, yes, the creator of some of our beloved. Uh, movies that came out Sicario and you know Hell or High Water and yeah. you know on and on Wind River, uh, but also you know Yellowstone. Mm. Um, but this is his newest. Well, no, it's not his newest because the other one's the newest. Yeah, um, the prequel to Yellowstone, eighteen eighty three. Well, this is his second newest. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor of Kingston, which we all you know talked about and we're excited about because the cast. Looks absolutely amazing. And you were, listen, you were singing its high praise. The first couple of episodes, you were very drawn in. You loved the world that he created. You, I remember you saying you felt like um, the things that maybe the critics didn't care for, you thought were very necessary for this particular world. Um, you talked about how, you know, different characters like the, mother is you know had to do and say some of the things and take the stances that she's had to take and then you talked about the brothers having to do what they needed to do in order to move this show forward now what we know about taylor sheridan is is that his world primarily writing wise was the feature world mm. tv is about a marathon it's a, it's a very long haul and so the question is for you you um with him directing and writing Yellowstone, you were not quite as, um, you know, singing his praises as much as you had for his features. However, you were too, 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 for mayor of Kingston. Yeah. Did it end well? Did he stick the landing? Ooh. And you know, we just had a huge finale of Yellowstone that if y'all enjoy, enjoy Yellowstone, do it. I try. I yeah. really did. I tried. My mother watches it. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> go ahead. I get it. I do get it. 1883, I'm enjoying. But now for this show. This, here's the thing with these critics. Oh, it's so brutal. You know, I don't know what the point is of watching this. Blah, 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 blah. But then 
you'll watch a movie like Zola, for instance, which maybe we'll talk about when we start talking about awards movie reviews sometime soon. I'm watching this movie and these critics are like, oh, you know, it's all of this and it's all of that. This is about some exotic dancers, I'm being PC, who go down to Florida to sell something else. And one of them doesn't know what she's gotten herself into. They go with two men. One is one of the dancers' boyfriend. The other is somebody else. Who is this person? Who would be this man going with them down to Florida to make some coins? And this is, by the way, based supposedly on a true story. A series of tweets that was investigated by reporters and so on. This is the and this is something that is we should all watch. Because and this is brutal. This is what the, the Kingstown is the problem. Anyway. <laughs> so we have in the show, of course, Jeremy Brenner playing Mike. Mike is We are a- now talking about Mayor of King. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Top of my voice was the segue, friends. I know it, but you know that you. I, I, I was, I was really toying with being the referee at that point because it was like, the you know the first five yeah. seconds, I was like, okay, okay, and then I let it go, and I was like, I'm gonna interject, and I thought, no, he's gonna wean himself from from the dire downward spiral. <laughs> so, I'm getting older. I can't keep that much energy going that long. <laughs> <laughs> So Mike, played by Jeremy, is in this King's Town place, which has all kinds of prisons right next to each other. And we are in Michigan. And essentially, he's a fixer. He's a go-between. He does all kinds of things, pulling together the criminal element, the, the, the cops, law enforcement, anybody, all of them. He's the nexus, in a way. His father did it. His brother, played by Kyle Chandler, did it. And he's doing it reluctantly. This Mm. wasn't the thing he wanted to do. Now, he was in prison before. Keep that in mind. And his dream is to go off to Montana because it's Taylor Sheridan. Right. Out in the woods, you know. (laughs) Poor Kevin Costner. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Now, his mama, played by Diane Weist, ain't happy with him. Because his younger brother is a cop, a detective, and she wants him out of this whole family business thing. Now, my thing about mama is this. Mama, you ain't above this. Uh Uh-oh. Who'd you marry? Hmm. Whose sons are these? Yours. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the younger son is married and maybe more is coming into his family, which adds more to the urgency of mama. Now, Mike, you know, he's going to look out for his brother and everyone else. But we have not only the Crips and one Crip bunny, a leader who, you know, he can't leave. Well, I would call it his lawn, but it's not, you know, it's a whole like apartment complex. He just has to sit out there. He can't go off of that grass. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, okay. Now, there are certain people in prison also with the Crips that they have to deal with. And, you know, Mike, it's all involved in all of that stuff. I mentioned you have the detectives, you have the COs, you have the warden of this prison, you have the women's prison where mama teaches. Why is she teaching there? All of this stuff is there. And then there is who I guess is a potential criminal mastermind. Played by Aiden Gillen. That's Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Milo. He's a Russian mobster. He has plans for Mike. What are they? And one way he wants to get to Mike is via a certain person. Mm. She comes into Mike's office and Mike is like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm sorry, dude. Not you. Not you. Played by Emma Laird. Her name is Iris. Why is Iris sent to him? What is Iris doing for Milo? Hmm. Now, Milo is not someone who's going to quit. So Mike says, no, well, he'll do other things to try to get him to do what he wants him to do. What is it? What is it? Now, 
something occurs where the powers that be in this town want the prisoners to do something for them. Now, if the prisoners do this, what are they going to get in return? Mike is the go-between. Now, the prisoners do this, but what do you think the powers that be give them in return? What they want. Mm. Now, Mike, from the beginning, is like, this is a bad idea. It's going to blow up in everybody's faces. Does it? Well, at the end of these 10 episodes, you will see. You will see what comes of all of this. We've been building and building and building up to this. A lot of brutal, nasty stuff has occurred. And everybody is involved. In the end, who is left standing? And where are we going in season two? We better have a season two, by the way. Oh, you know they will. Are we going? There are a lot of questions left unanswered. So what I will say about Mayor of Kingstown... For Jeremy Renner, this is the perfect role for him. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like a young Mandy Patinkin when he starts walking. It, it brings me those oh soul bears and vibes again. Yes. He and starts he, walking. Jeremy can sing. You know that. So look, <laughs> man, look, he, we, look, in the final episode, he had to walk into the prison. You'll see he was walking. That Maybe that's how I'll judge actors from now on. Let me see you walk. You know what's The intention of your role will tell me everything I need to know. So this is the perfect role for him. The rest of the cast is so well chosen. I love Bunny, played by Toby Bamtefa, for instance. Emma playing Iris. You couldn't cast it any better. You couldn't cast it any better. Diane Weiss? I mean, all of these people. Everybody in here. I won't name them all. Come on. It's casted beautifully from top to bottom which means the show doesn't have to be flawless. They can get away with certain mistakes Mm -hmm, and other mm -hmm. things because there's urgency and there are stakes. And that's why I'm watching. I don't care how brutal it is. They are going after something at all times and I want to know what it is. Well, okay. I wasn't (laughs) expecting that to be the ending of that. Let's go to something very opposite. Nobody here is retiring in Montana. Montana I can tell you that. No. Um, <laughs> let's let's say goodbye mm. to five years of us watching this. Wow, five years. Yeah, five years mm. watching this. You know, um, woman fumble around. Young woman <laughs> fumble around trying to find out who she is. And um, we're talking about Issa Rae's Insecure. And it really has changed, you know, the way Black television is perceived. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as we were talking about, there, there are certain rules and things to follow. And Issa, being an outsider to Hollywood, decided to do her own rules. And she really did change and made a voice for she made she made something for her own for a millennial voice. It's a millennial, it's a black millennial show mm-hmm. for sure. Even if not everyone on the show was millennial and, and worked on it, um, both behind and in front are millennials. But it is a millennial show. It's the new black, and um, and it's not the be proud, be strong, you know, get through it. It is called insecure. And everybody, every single character, no matter who it is, has gone through huge spouts of insecurity, whether it's what they do for a career, who they are, who they want to be, who they love, who loves them, um, and how they want to pursue, pursue a future. Well, we have a future that came uh, at us. And, you know, the question is, do we like this future that was presented to us by Issa after these five years? Does she finally become secure? And what was, or was it really not about her security? Mm. Was it about someone else's? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, um, what's this show really about? Okay. Please tell, yes. And for them, it's about (laughs) relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Which one or which ones? Yes. It really comes down to a trio of characters, Issa, Molly, and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we we have Kelly, we have Tiffany, 
all of them are involved, but that's the core. And I'm just going to talk about the finale. I, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of this season. I wasn't really feeling it after the first episode. Second episode, they did a time jump. I found that kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they continued. And then in the last episode, they did all kinds of stuff. No, sure. Uh, and essentially what they did in the final episode is track certain birthdays. So we went forward in time. And there were some other moments. But, and hold on to everything you got, everybody. Here's the truth. Watching it, it seemed small, random, and underdeveloped in the face of events that are supposed to be important. That's how I felt. What I was thinking was, do even more time jumps. Go right to the heart of these moments and just give us that. And then switch to the next one. Like, do a whirlwind. Give us a gut punch, not a slow walk. This is a finale. Leave these fans feeling overcome. So overcome they can't get on Twitter and type something. Okay? This is what this is what I wanted. Because at its best... The insecurity here provided obstacles and humor that ultimately led to incremental progress and some regrets. There's always some regret to it. That's the vehicle for these friendships. That's the vehicle for the romantic relationships. That's the vehicle for the professional trials. Grab the audience. So, you know, probably starting season four into this season, it was just meandering. It worsened after episode two in this season. It was painful for me to watch, even alienating me as a viewer. I stopped connecting to the characters and the show. They just got lost in what they wanted the show to be. They forgot what it was. They forgot that you are storytellers. You're not relationship tellers. So they got all worked up in who these people are and forgot you are telling a story. The uninspired writing, it exposed some of the acting issues for some people. And I just found that the observations were shallow. There wasn't a unifying force. The energy left the building. A balloon popped. I found that unfortunate. But I don't think that the show was unfortunate overall. The first three seasons, I was with it. I really was. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that it it came into our lives. I don't regret finishing it. I just thought it ended for me on a downer. And I was wistful for what it used to be. Well, let's whist our way to um, a sneak peek. Well, first of all, thank you, Isa, for bringing this to our to our world. We will miss uh, watching your uh, uh, soliloquies in the mirror. I'm sure a lot of people have been practicing that thanks to you. So um, we look forward to seeing what you have in store yeah. for us. Archive 81, which is on Netflix. Um, you got a chance to uh, take a sneak peek at that. It premieres this Friday, January 14th. A why watch that sneak peek? And, um, you know, Netflix, you may or may not see it advertised. You just have to get in where you fit in. Yeah. And this is based on a podcast. Okay, so a fictional podcast, they are now adapting these, we know. So we have Mamadou Athi playing Dan Turner. He is an archivist. You know, he works at a museum. Essentially, he takes film and restores it. So if you have like an old tape or, you know, anything like that, that's damaged, he'll restore it and make it like it's new. Now, what happens is because of his skills, he's propositioned by this mysterious man who seems to know things about him that he shouldn't know. Hmm. And this man wants to pay him a lot of money to go up, like in the cat skills, alone, to restore all of these tapes. So he's staying like in this compound and there are rooms he has no access to what's going on in these rooms. He has no cell, cell phone service. There's, there's a landline. There's not even like internet. Hmm. What is all of this secrecy about? Well, there's a building that burned down and these are the tapes that are left. And this man wants him to restore these tapes so they can have this as an archive. 
the survivors can have it as something to preserve. Now, when you restore these things, you like have to watch it to make sure everything's okay. You know, so he's watching. And what he finds is there's a woman in 1994 who went to this building for a particular reason to see what it is all about, who lives there, why they chose to live in this building. There's certain things, certain uh, features of the building that interest her. So she moves in and she wants to interview and, and, you know, document what's going on here. Now, the, like, super who introduces her to the building, the first person she really encounters, he seems a bit gruff. What's that about? And he tells her, oh, she's like, you know, do you have any, you know, suggestions for me how to, you know, navigate the building? He's like, you know, well, stay away from the sixth floor. Bye. Does she stay away from the sixth floor? Come on. Now she meets, you know, a teenage girl there in the building who starts to, you know, open her up to what's happening and they form a certain friendship. But there, there's some sort of sound going on here that has some sort of physical properties. She hears it and she almost gets sick. Mm. What's that about? And remember, this building burned down. That's why we have these tapes. But there was a burning there before. There was a fire before, which is a part of why she went there. What's going on? And what's the connection between Dan and what's going on in these tapes? Is there a connection? Why are we even watching this? Now, keep in mind, this is a horror series. Okay. So the question I have, just, you know, letting that dangle, is this. Will you care as you're watching this? Will you care Mm -hmm. enough and have enough patience to keep watching? That was the question. I, while watching it, I made it into the second episode. Okay. I was more interested in Dan's story instead of the 1994 stuff. There was more urgency to that as I was watching it, but it wasn't enough for me to keep going. It wasn't bad. I was just like, "Eh." but I'll say this. If you're fans of fictional podcasts, if that's you, um, if you could imagine yourself back in the day listening to War of the Worlds on the radio, that Mm -hmm. something where you go, ooh, that would be interesting. Um, Also, if you like stuff like The Ring or The Blair Witch Project, this might work. Okay, that's what I would say. So you can check it out if that's your thing. If not, yeah, I don't know. Mm, well, there you have it. Now, we told you we had a power-packed episode, and we had a lot to talk about. We said goodbye to some shows forever. We said some goodbye to some shows for the season. We're up in the air with some things, and we said hello to a number of TV shows. Now, remember, this is just January. TV ain't even really started yet so you keep locked here at why watch that we promise we will give you our latest thoughts on hollywood's latest thanks for listening for additional resources visit whywatchthat.com good idea and we'd love to hear from you so go ahead and leave comments feedback and you can rate us on itunes we'll see you next week see you